Dave Wanstead is listed as a former NFL coach from from the from the Chicago by, of the oh boy. Well, well I don't get Dave Raymond Cole because your mic is shot. Tell him throw the flag. I knew it was you all along, Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna stop you. <laughs> I'm not gonna stop you for different reasons. I'm going hungry. I'm not stealing from the mouth of the Episode one eighty four of Throw the Flag. <clears throat> With me are, are my mats. My mats. How's it going, my mats? Going pretty good. We can see each other. It's uh, it's amazing. It only took us uh, seven and a half months to uh, took a global pandemic for us to realize that there were systems that would let us look into each other's eyes as we talk about foosball. Oh man, <clears throat> uh, coming off a big win for us uh, Bammers, uh, but we'll get to that in Talking Tide. Um, Creel, did you want to? You just you just got hot off the uh, the presses with the uh, the playoff rankings. What are your What are your initial takeaways from that? Um, there's not a whole lot of movement. The top seven stayed the same. Um, the only movement that sort of happened in the top fifteen was Northwestern loss. So there was just a little bit of shuffling right around them. Uh, you know, BYU still hanging out, and they moved up from fourteen to thirteen. Um, the committee did not bump Ohio State down for not playing a game. So, you know, they're still sitting at that four spot, Clemson at three, Notre Dame at two, and Alabama at one. So let's get to the speaking of Ohio State, let's get to the monthly segment of the show where I read a headline, take it as gospel, and you guys shoot it down. Okay. Um Ohio State in danger of not making the playoff without a Big Ten title? Now, now you may be asking yourself, how could that not happen? Well, the Big Ten has a minimum game requirements. They're sitting at 4-0 and right now. Uh, so, big, the, uh, so Ohio State might be actually disqualified from playing in the conference championship game. If that happens and they're like 7-0 and – without a conference championship, will they still be led into the playoffs? They're going to get in. <laughs> don't worry about it. Um, even, if, even if they don't play any more games, they're going to get in. They're going to get in with a 4-0 record. Mm-hmm. They, they also, uh, the Big Ten, weren't going to play football this year. Nope, ain't going to do it. This is what we say. This is our rule. And then they decided, oh, yeah, we're going to fucking play football. So guess what? Their rules are malleable. It's true. Oh, so if we if they get to the end of the year and they're looking there and there sits Ohio State undefeated and fucking I don't have a clue who the who would be the next team up be Freezer Indiana in their division Indiana who they trounced. There's no way they're going to send them to the title game and not send Ohio State because they didn't have enough games. Um, I would say that they would probably need to play one of the next two in order to have to shoehorn that through. Uh, but no, no, no. 
they're going to go to the uh, – not, not only will they not miss the playoffs, they won't miss the Big Ten title game. I think that they, they won't be able – well, it still depends. Uh, they are pretty much guns blazing to get this next game against Michigan State up and going. Ohio State returned to the football facilities to the, uh, today. So they know it's on them that they've got to get those minimum games in to make it to the Big Ten championship. Um, so they're going to they're gonna do their darndest to make sure that they get in, but it's up to those other teams to whether or not, you know, if COVID hits or contact tracing hits for Michigan State or Michigan this next week, if either one of those doesn't get played, I don't think the Big Ten will redo the rules, like Hankin says, to, to get Ohio State to, to play in that championship game. How incredible. But the, Sorry. But I was just going to say the college football committee does not have to uh, – put in conference champions as we've seen in the past so you know they can give ohio state a pass and just say ah covid uh, we're going to put them in over uh, whatever 10 and 1 state. notre dame instead how incredible would it be if jim harbaugh's last official act at michigan would to be to forfeit the game thereby <laughs> keep thereby keeping ohio state out of the out of the championship could happen. The i could see it happening if just, he wants you know, to save his job he better there's a lot of players that are opting out, and I think it'll roll into – we've seen bowl games are now, now starting to be canceled. Um, I think some teams will just end up opting out, you know, get to December 19th, and it's like, I don't want to play. I want to go home for Christmas and just be done with the season. Um, I don't want to play in the little Caesars Bowl or whatever in the world in Detroit, so that's we're down, just done down. for the year. And I can see Michigan doing that and just saying, we're just going to bank on next year's our comeback. Adios. And so I could see thing, that happening. The thing we may be glancing over is blackmail Tucker and the Spartans roll into oh, the horseshoe and fuck up everything. Can you imagine? They are bad. They they upset Northwestern. So upset Northwestern. Yeah. They uh, <clears throat> did they beat Rutgers? No, they lost to Rutgers. That's Michigan State. They're here to fuck things up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they won't know part of it. But when they can ruin. That is where Sparty shows up. Well, I mean, even if even if Ohio State loses to to Michigan State, it's still going to be a they'd still win a tiebreaker against Indiana. It looks like. Yes, if the and then that goes into the if they can get that they played enough games and all. Now, <laughs> I think a loss if they do have a loss that changes the equation on as far as like um, who go like it's harder to bend that rule if they have a loss. Yeah. Um, any, uh, do we go, do we go conference by conference like we usually do here? Yeah, yeah I think so. Do. All right. Any, any hot pick pack 12 action? Couldn't we'll start, tell you. A thing we'll start off with that as always in the pig swing. Hankins and I, we were on G chat during the Oregon, Oregon state game. Um, Oregon was the, the top ranked pack 12 team. They lost on Friday night, uh, at Oregon state in the fog. Um, the refs were, were abysmal in that game, and Oregon State ended up winning the game, and rightfully so. But it took that last two or three minutes of game time was like 45 minutes in real time because the refs were confused and calling for replays and not calling touchdowns. It was just a weird game. Um, so the Pac-12's like only shot at having a decent team now is, is USC, but I think that there's just so many good teams above them in the rankings. Let's see. USC is now USC, 20th in the, in the playoff yeah. rankings. So it's just not going to happen this year no. for the Pac-12 with Oregon's like loss. Year. And they're uh, going to be – the best they can be is what, 6-0? Yeah. Yeah. And, man, like, I don't 
I'm not going to say it's the worst officiating I've ever seen. It was certainly the most confused officials. Like at one what, point, what happened? Because I saw the scoreboard. What but didn't, I didn't happen? Um, there was a spot. They argued over a spot for like 20 minutes. Um, they they couldn't figure out if something was a fumble. And then there was a there was a situation where the referees stopped to review something, um, and Oregon State had called a timeout. Or, or vice versa. And then they, they after the review, the call stood, and then they charged him with the timeout. And they were like, no, I don't want the timeout if I don't – if you stopped it. And then they had to go literally – somebody had to get in his ear and tell him what the actual rule book said. So he had to quote it chapter and verse. Then he had to go explain it to this coach, explain it to that coach. And at one point he literally just looked in the camera and went, oh, Wow. <laughs> Five bucks, yeesh. <laughs> but it was a it was infuriating to watch from a neutral standpoint. I can't imagine how I would have felt if I had any skin in the game. Mm. Yeah, if you're one of the seventeen uh Oregon State fans left in this in the country, including Steven Jackson. You don't just go into Corvallis, was you're it at Corvallis? So- <laughs> It was at Corvallis, and it was very, very foggy. Yes, awful, just an awful conditions. But I was glad to have a late, uh, have a nightcap game. It was nice mm-hmm. to have that on the TV. Mm-hmm. I really just enjoyed a weekend of college football. Um, there weren't, yeah, you know, the big games didn't necessarily deliver, but there was a a spot in that window where we had several single score games. If you spread your TVs around thin enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, leaving the Pac-12 for the Big Ten, we we briefly touched down. Is there anything else that needs to be said, especially about the games this week? Mm. Yeah, there was one. That was one. I oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Penn State and James there Franklin was. got off the schneid. They, they were 0-5, and, and now we're 1-5 after beating Michigan. Is that worse for, is that worse for Michigan? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think we all said last week that it was worse – that the game was more important for Michigan, even though Penn State was winless. It, yeah, it James like Franklin. Jim James Franklin's actually won the conference. You know, he's got that in the trophy case. Couple eleven win seasons yeah. has overachieved. Mm-hmm. All those things. He's Harbaugh fine. has nothing and still has nothing. He's got those three NF- NFC <laughs> appearances. Appearances, and they just you know it. It was old. It was the kind of game that Michigan could win. Like, there's no excuse for this one. It was not, oh, man, we just came up against a buzzsaw of a quarterback and they were modern. <laughs> or anything. Nope. Nope. Just old-fashioned Big Ten, 17-20 to 20 football. Just that kind of shit. Michigan has no reason not to win the game, and they still don't win the fucking game. And the people are coming for him. There is more rattling of sabers than I have heard ever in his tenure when I, when I would stop shouting about it long enough to just listen. But no, the, the, the people have spoken, and finally people are saying, this is it, enough's enough. And how happy am I that it <laughs> comes in a time where a couple years ago he could have went to the NFL, no oh, yeah. questions asked. Like, yeah. even if he'd had a bad season, he could go, yay, you know, he's better suited for the pro game, all those things. I don't know if that's the case now. Because what can you point to? He could he could go he could take the Mike Shula route, and he can go be like a quarterbacks coach slash office offensive assistant offensive coordinator at like the Jaguars or something I, like that. I agree with you on principle. 
for sure. And I don't, I'm not saying that won't happen, but having watched him coach for the last six years, what do you think he's good enough to coach yeah. in an NFL where Eric Bieniemy, who is clearly the best offensive coordinator in the game, did not get a head coaching job this year? Yeah. What the fuck is Jim Harbaugh good enough to do? And well, I, I mean, I don't even know if he's good enough to <clears> – I mean, <laughs> are there any – are there any like quarterback pro quarterbacks out there that need to like take a step back and learn fundamentals? Right. Right. Well, as the world, like Mike Shula still existed in a time where the quarterback position was basically the same as it had been played for the last 50 years. So I mean, it makes he, sense. It, he coached Cam Newton for a yes. while. He was yep. the offensive coordinator at Panthers. Yeah. So, but now with everybody being a Kingsbury, uh, Sean McVay disciple. Yeah. Why would you take the chance on shoot on on Harbaugh when there's some there's some guy who's coaching a, a Texas team that probably scored 300 points this week? Why not Let's, take a chance on that dude rather than a proven loser? I mean, <laughs> why not take the chance on James Franklin? Frankly, right? Why would you pick Harbaugh? What what thing does he have to offer you now? Although you if he's <clears throat> if he gets fired and James Franklin steps down. The, the coaching carousel is going to get more interesting, obviously not because there's more coaches, but there's more coaches that push a, against the argument of, well, no one's out there to get except yes. for Urban Meyer. Yes. Yes, that is very true. But I just don't, I don't know. I don't know what right thinking person could see Jim Harbaugh's last six year body of work and say, yeah, that's the guy we need around here. Also, um, p- to put up with all the other shit you have to get from having Jim Harbaugh around. You think his goddamn brother would hire him? His own brother is a head coach. You think he's hired him? I'm his own be- brother's a head coach with a terrible offense. You think he would hire him? I'm trying to f- view this through a lens of the SEC. Um, I think just can- more. I think Kentucky, Missouri, South Carolina, Tennessee, Vanderbilt – Maybe Arkansas three years ago, um, Mississippi State three years ago, Ole Miss three years ago, Texas A&M three years ago would all hire Jim Harbaugh. Three years ago? Yeah. Yeah, three years ago. <laughs> the, yeah. But um, th- those East teams now, though, I think everybody, anybody but Florida and Georgia would hire uh, Jim Harbaugh next Oof. year. I, if, I would be shocked, but I'm I would, clearly by prejudice in this matter. Please give yeah. me a I agree. I, I think whatever capital he had, his good, whatever goodwill he's had has been uh, burnt through, uh, whether it's his college uh, knowledge or his X's and O's in the NFL. I think the game has changed. I don't think he's evolved. So I don't think he's a good fit in the NFL. Um, uh, as a head coach, I think he could go be an assistant somewhere, maybe a couple years, relearn the gigs and uh, – and all that and, and do fine in the NFL, but I don't think he can make a smooth transition and, and win immediately uh, for whatever reason, he sort of lost whatever he had. When you're looking at a league that is going to send two quarterbacks to the, to the Heisman zoom this year, first <laughs> and you know, sent two, did they send two last year? Was two a finalist last when they got hurt, but you know, you know what I mean? Like two yeah. certainly had a Heisman, possibility um they're gonna gonna send two quarterbacks one won it last year um 
this ain't the SEC that it was. I agree with you. Three years ago, before the SEC became this fucking chunk it and duck it league, sure. But this dude can't even recruit a quarterback. It took mm-hmm. him six years to start a quarterback that he recruited, and that guy sucked. So mm-hmm. there's not, there is no magic. And again, to have to deal with him. Mike Leach is a reasonable comparison, mm-hmm. but at least with Mike Leach, you know he's crazy. You know he's hard to deal with. But you know you're going to throw for 400 yards a game most of the time. Allegedly. 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 <laughs> that Mississippi State might be finding out that his bullshit's over with, too. Yeah. So why go getting some more bullshit when there are plenty of – the? It, there's going to be a youth movement throughout coaching. There's just no getting around. Um, I believe that's it for the uh, for the Big Ten. Uh, Northwestern sucks. <sighs> Nebraska still sucks, right? Nebraska still. Yeah. Oh, let's talk about Scott Frost some more, guys. Let's talk about Scott fucking Frost. I think he's in his third year now, and uh-huh. he's struggling. It's I can't remember what he went in – 18 but last year they were five and seven and they are what now maybe one and four mm-hmm. one and five mm-hmm. not good this year um so and no signs of improvement no no yeah no I signs think... of improvement even in uh in recruiting or anything like that do, do you give them a little credit that they kind of came back but just couldn't get the job done in the fourth quarter not really i think the he's got to make some changes this off season. um they love him there because he's a homeboy but uh, he brought a whole lot of the UCF staff with him, and it just it just isn't working. So he's got to be on a short leash. Um, I think barring a total collapse here against Purdue and Minnesota, he should be back next year. But so heck, they might they might see the writing on the wall and might want to cut their losses. <laughs> I forgot Bill Callahan was a fucking Nebraska coach <laughs> for five years. Okay, so Tom Osborne, obviously, let's see here, since. 2000 2000s since 1969 nebraska has missed a bowl one two three four five times mm-hmm. <clears throat> um zero of those were under tom osborne uh zero of those were under frank solich two of those were under bill callahan bo pelini were bo pelini was uh three and three in bowl or th- three and four in bowl games took him to bowl games mm-hmm. mike riley was you know went to bowl games two out of three mike riley took nebraska to a four and three or, i'm sorry i'm sorry a, a, a nine and four season two mm-hmm. years before he got fired scott frost has gone four and eight five and seven one and four and if I recall correctly, those first two seasons, they started off like awful, like 0 and 4. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they've started out with big, long losing streaks each year he's been there. And here's mm-hmm. the sad fucking thing about a seven game fucking season, Scott Frost. <laughs> when you go 1 and 4 your first five games, you know, you're not going to have that much, <laughs> that much uh, real estate to make that up. And it, it, it's even worse for him because remember at the beginning of the pandemic, as soon as the Big Ten announced they would not play football this year, mm-hmm. he was leading the charge of, can we go play in another conference? Will someone else let us play? And they had to slap his dumb hand down. Why did you want to play, motherfucker? Why? You should have taken a mulligan on this shit. You should have been leading. He should have read the tea leaf and said, you know what? For the safety of my players, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. He'd been better off doing that shit than he is at the shit he did by putting a team out. And somehow there's still a Martinez playing quarterback there. <laughs> I mean, Illinois beat them 
at home, forty-one to twenty-three. Mm-hmm. Oh, Illinois, who did not lose to Ohio State, I would point out. That's true. That's true. True story. Yeah. So Nebraska is not not looking so hot. Um, don't know it's, if it was the right hire that he was the new. He was hot and sexy at UCF. He was a national championship winning coach. Sometimes, um, sometimes the, it just does not work. The joy I get from the fact that they all bit on that fucking mm-hmm. gimmick. They all bit down on that and believed. They all believed. And like, man, I got to tell you, who's got it worse than Nebraska? Nebraska? Okay, if I told you today, you had to join an allegiance. You had to join Nebraska or Michigan. The devil has come to claim your soul, and your penance is Nebraska or Michigan. Nazis have your grandmother, and they're making you choose Nebraska or Michigan. Where do you go? To be a fan or to play? To be a fan of. Oh, God. I think for me, it's Michigan just because the helmets are cooler. The the fight song is better. They're the winningest winningest program history blue and blue and yellow looks good their coach has three nfc appearances that's true um yeah i think michigan's got the got more cachet you're almost never going to have to play a night game Uh uh-huh yeah they got the bigger alumni base they got better endowment money money. nebraska's just got the corn and that's it now think about that think about that from at our age especially Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. didn't nebraska and michigan share a national championship mm-hmm. one year mm-hmm. 1997 crown. yeah so that's where they are now not one time did either of any of us mention well i think in three or four years they'll be okay football is not even a part of the conversation for nebraska or michigan mm-hmm. how much must that hurt especially obviously dedicated fan bases michigan has the largest stadium in the country Nebraska has a pedigree and a heritage, and they love them Huskers. They don't have any other that's the biggest sport there by leaps and bounds. That is the focus. They are Alabama. They're all they're – all, take your pick. Whichever blue blood you want to pick, the people are no more dedicated at Alabama or USC than they are for Michigan and Nebraska, and they are fucking hopeless. Yeah, I mean, Nebraska a, elected their head football uh, head football coach to the U.S. Senate. What kind of fuck faces crazy. do that? <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny that the some of the best teams from the '90s, uh, Nebraska, Michigan, Tennessee, Florida State, they're all in this uh, twilight zone or no man's zone of what do we do next? How do we mess this up? How do we get it back on track? It's it's weird. The answer is lose early. Mm. <laughs> do pull an Alabama, get your shit out of the way. And be done with it. Hmm. Be a USC. Get your shit out of the way. Get caught and be done with it. <laughs> be so, cheat so much you get caught, then you can get past it. Don't cheat enough to be good enough. And then when the cheating, when when the world turns, you're just left out in the cold. Hmm. You remember the Golden Earring song, Twilight Zone? Mm-hmm. It's a good song. They have good songs. <laughs> Kirill, um, I again have to uh, uh, thank you for using the correct uh, usage of cachet. Oh, okay. Thank um, you. 
I heard somebody say it the wrong way it, on, it uh, on kills something me, I was man. watching today, and I thought of you. <laughs> very smart people use it very incorrectly, and it, and it bugs the living shit out of me. Um, leaving the Big Ten, going to the Big 12, going south on I-42. Yeah, 42? Um, no, it's south, that's, south, that's not a numbers. That's not an interstate that's going to go south. But yeah, sure. even numbers go east-west. <laughs> Oh, really? Uh-huh. I didn't know that. Yeah, 65, that goes north-south, baby. Now that's quite the cachet you just gave mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A cachet of knowledge. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I have cachet now that I have that knowledge. Uh, Big 12, what happened here, huh? Uh, <laughs> well, Texas is not back. Texas, Texas is, is not back not again. Back. Again, again, they're not back. In Iowa State, who has not been there since like 1912 or something and winning a conference championship, might be back. Might how, be back, baby. Matt Campbell, baby. How do we baby. feel about Matt Campbell crying in his He's, post game? It, it's fine. We love him. We love Matt Campbell. I honey, think it's honey, we love Matt Campbell. Shh. It's fine. They don't have the resources, they don't get the recruits. Um, so when he can break through like that, you know, kudos to them. I I'll think I'm it. fine with it too. I did not expect to go three for three. Mm-hmm. I expected me or freezer one to, to give him the blues, but I was good with it too. Like it, it is sort of refreshing to see an earnest head coach who, you know, is Who's earnest head coach is <laughs> Tad Peckish's offense. You know what I mean, Bird? <laughs> but when you see a fucking uh, uh, guy that's not Dabo. Shit, guy that's playing the Dabo character, but not playing the character, just being the dude. Like uh-huh. that was refreshing. Like I'd run through a fucking wall for that guy. I would show up in Ames, Iowa, in at a Klan rally that they call a stadium, <laughs> and I'd fucking go play hard for that dude. Their running back is number two in the country in touchdowns. Like he's got a legit squad. Um, I did hear a very sissy, a very sissy rumor today. Matt Campbell to Michigan. Yeah, he's going to be at the top of a lot of lists, uh, depending on how the carousel spins. Would love to see Matt Campbell versus Ryan Day in a game of which one is which. I would love love to see Matt Campbell succeed in Michigan. I wouldn't hate Michigan anymore. I I wouldn't Mm, like hate Michigan anymore. Right. Ohio State's the one I want to hate. Yeah. It's just Mm -hmm. the Harbaugh's the problem. Um, Yeah, good for that dude. Good for that fucking dude. Because um, that's hard, man. And, like, it's not new. He's done this every year to some degree. He's beaten one of the big ones every year if he could just get a little consistency, which is hard to do given all the things he has to fight against. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the time's ripe. The time is ripe for him to um, – if he, if he can stick around. But, I mean, gosh, I don't know if you – why would you go to Michigan and, uh, you know, you'd have to play <clears> – <throat> Penn State will be up sometime and be a mm-hmm. contender again. Mm-hmm. You'd have to be in that division with Ohio State and Penn State. Um, it would be tough, you know. Sometimes you got to chase that money, though. And theoretically, what works at, Ohio- at Iowa State would work at Michigan with a larger pool to draw from. Um, Every, again, Scott Frost. I'm looking at a picture of Scott Frost. I'm like, shit. Everything I would say about Scott, everything I'm saying about Campbell should have applied to Scott Frost as well. But um, that might just be my old college football head looking at that Nebraska logo and thinking it matters more than it does yeah. Yeah. now. 
um, perhaps the draw of going to play in Orlando is going to be better than the draw of going to play in Nebraska to a kid that doesn't know who the fuck um, Tommy Tommy Frazier is. is. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're, you're not going to fight those same fights with, you know, location and all that versus Ann Arbor versus Nebraska. So that's already out the window. And then there's just a deeper pool to draw from closer. And there's just going to be more kids who want to go, who more good players who just want to go play for Michigan that you don't have to fight hard for. You just got to go get a couple kids from Ohio, like every Michigan coach used to do. Um, I'd love to see it. Cause I think it would be, God, I, I hate that the Ohio state Michigan rivalry is not one anymore it just takes away from our enjoyment as fans to know that that game's gonna suck a de- well not right now because i get to see harbaugh get the shit kicked out of it as <laughs> soon as he's gone i don't want to see continue to see ohio state just crush him well it looks like everything's pretty much set unless oklahoma loses to baylor this mm-hmm. weekend and oklahoma state wins at tcu um which Fredlum too Fredlam, it would be Fredlam too. <laughs> Iowa State's probably going to be okay uh, hosting West Virginia, um, but I don't know. Do you put? I, I sound like a broken record. I have since all of these conferences announced they were going to play, you know, five, six, and seven game seasons. Do you put an eight and one Ohio, uh, Iowa State in the playoffs over Notre Dame? Let's say no. The Notre Dame's got the the Clemson win. The the Clemson win blows that, man. And their Mm -hmm. one loss would be Clemson. Where it gets interesting is if Ohio – or if – let's say Iowa State wins the Big 12 and Notre Dame beats Clemson again. That's where it gets wacky. Mm -hmm. Because having the conversation about Iowa State conference champion over, let's just say, um, Texas A&M, with one loss or Alabama with one loss. Yeah. That becomes a very interesting conversation. It's going to get, it's going to get sticky and not in a good way. It just, it feels like the ACC has, has played a full season. <laughs> yeah. They, uh... well, they started first. They did start early, and even today, the conference uh, canceled some games for next weekend and allowed Notre Dame to clinch a spot in the championship game today. Uh, oh! They canceled their game with Wake Forest on December 12th, so Syracuse is their last game, no ifs, ands, or buts. Uh, they're not going to make Clemson play Florida State, so Clemson's done after they play Virginia Tech this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so Clemson In hasn't officially, Virginia Tech. <laughs> not officially clinched yet, but Clemson, if they beat Virginia Tech, they'll be in. <laughs> um, but yeah, it does feel like the ACC has been playing forever. Save Fuente's job. Save Fuente's job. Is he still there? <laughs> yeah, he probably might. It's three days away. He might not be. Um, anything to talk about any of the games? Uh, mm, North my, Carolina? No. Uh, <laughs> Hung around for a little while. Um, Notre Dame still doesn't look that great. Um, now, when Ian Book made that uh, boneheaded, like, weird mm. shovel pass that somehow they got the first down, I was like, ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays backyard football, Freezer. Um, I don't they know said that so that. many fucking times. Mm. Was that Gus Johnson? 
Uh, that was an ABC. It was ABC this week. It was Herb so. Street Fowler. With the, that, that was the big sexy game of the week. Um, but, man, that – Ian Book and Sam Ellinger are just the most too confusing – Ian Book notwithstanding. I'm going to talk about Ellinger for a minute because ever since – I can't remember what Texas game it was where Gus Johnson was just gushing over him. I've watched every Texas game, and every announcing crew does it. Is it just because we have not seen – a Johnny Tryhard quarterback in a long time. Talking about Sam Ellard or yeah, yeah. Ian Book. It's, Sam it's Ellard. A, his story is sort of is compelling. You know, he's his father died when he was young. He grew up uh, being a Texas fan. Always told people he'd be the Texas quarterback. So you know, it's just the boyhood dream to start for the the school. He's been a four year starter. Um, or beer starter. He's uh he's scrappy, which people like. You know. Um, he's everything Baker Mayfield wasn't, um, which yeah. is likable. He's, he's Baker Mayfield. Well, Baker won more, but Ellinger seems to be much more likable. And I think, I, I think that is what it is. It's just, we have, we've, we're in a world of sassy quarterbacks. Like the quarterback is the glamor position. And it's these guys that put up these ridiculous numbers. And then Ellinger is sort of just a, a Johnny tryhard. And but when you compare his numbers to like a Tebow, he looks favorable against him. And I guess the thing is, if he had a defense ever, he might have won a lot more ball. Games. Yeah, yeah. And he got Texas back, so I mean that's good. And then they weren't. Well, he got Texas back, Texas back, Texas back, Texas back. <laughs> um, let's go to the SEC, baby. Because... SEC woke as hell, woke as hell, woke as hell. We did it, boys. We did it. We're the woke conference. We did it. They're going. Ladies, get the Derek Mason parade ready. He's going to coach at Vanderbilt forever now. Can you imagine? Dead last place, but he figures out a way. He figures out a way to capture the hearts and the minds. Get a positive story about his very bad football team at Vanderbilt. Mm -hmm. GPA's up. He's 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 woke as shit. He's doing things for equality. I, can, I think they're going to give him an extension. Yeah, he, he was really going for the Miss Doubtfire route. You know, everything was looking bad. Mm-hmm. He throws a wig on somebody and hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he changes hearts, changes minds. All right, uh, all right, let's let, let's hit let's hit reset here. Jesus I Christ, I got I was unhorsed by your Miss Miss Doubtfire <laughs> reference. Um, so Derek Mason, uh, what zero and nine, zero and eight? Derek Mason, yeah, mm-hmm. um, took the field one against, and zero against oppression, sexism. sexism. Mm-hmm. Uh, they decided He's a non-binary to, coach. They start. They they decided to to start a a female kicker. Mm-hmm. For the first time, everybody was saying in D1 sports. Uh, in first D1 time in the Paul, Power Five. Power Five. Mm-hmm. Was Colorado not a Power Five team? I don't think she made the field. Katie when they... Hinda, H H N I D A. She did not make the field. They were trying to get her on and in there, but it didn't happen. Ooh, my bad. New Mexico. Logos. Okay. Yep. Colorado also tried something like that too, though. Okay. Um, oh man, she was in four bowl games. Jesus Christ. Um, the, uh, yeah. So, uh, the, her, her first kickoff of the game, what, what's her name again? Kelly. Her Fuller. name is Sarah Fuller. She's Sarah a Fuller. soccer player. 
you know, good for Sarah, her first. Uh, this was everything I could have ever wanted. It was, and it was honestly like a pretty safe environment. A, um, it's for Vandy. B, it's against Missouri. C, your first, your first kick is a squib kick. So no matter yeah. what, you can be like, hey, it's a squib kick. Like it was supposed to, mm-hmm. that was supposed mm-hmm. to happen. Um, but you know what? History's made. Good for, good for Sarah. Yeah, good for yeah, Sarah. Good for, for Sarah, Mason, good for Vanderbilt. Saving his job. Mm-hmm. And good for Derek Mason, who promptly got fired. Huh, what? Well, they what? ended up losing the no. game. It's 42, 41-0. Nothing. Nothing. So 41-0. That 0-8 start in the SEC is not good with two to go. Um, so, yeah, it didn't save his career. I think some people thought it was going to be the gimmick. You know, you can't fire this guy because he has missed Doubtfire out there. Come on. Great, great fucking ploy, though, by the way. That's, that's the only problem I ever had with Colin Kaepernick. Like, fucking take a knee when you're the starter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, this reminded me. This, this uh, Missouri-Vanderbilt game, uh, you know, we finished Thanks or Turkey last we month. We are in December. We're in a new month, so it's time for the new segment for December, which is Grinch or Santa of the Week. Hankins, hit the theme. Must be Santa. Mr. Grinch. Must be Santa. Mr. Grinch. Must be Santa. Santa Claus. All right, we're here for thank or not thanks or turkey. We're here for Grinch or Santa of the Week. And my Klaus is here. <laughs> uh, the Grinch is related to the Vanderbilt uh, Missouri game, and it's for all them naysayers that were throwing the shade on uh, Miss Sarah Fuller, and uh, you know her her achievements a lot of people who've never played a down of football in their life that hide behind their keyboard they get on twitter they get on reddit uh you know the ones that are poking you on the side saying like hey uh what happens if uh, they block that kick eh you think she's gonna get tackled eh eh I'm like uh. <laughs> it was literally the first thing i heard when i brought it up to somebody oh man they block a kick <laughs> like every fucking kicker is fragile and frail it doesn't mm-hmm. matter that she's a woman the and kicker she's is in danger too. Yeah. Her, her weight is unlisted but you know that's fine uh you, you know lot, she she can handle herself she could, she could take a hit better than i could and she could bounce up quicker. Is a athlete. She Definitely. is a, a successful athlete coming off of winning her conference in the sport that she plays that I will not mention. Nice try, fuckers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, all the naysayers, you know, it's like I said, they could never play. They never did play. They just want to stir stuff up for stirring stuff up to be controversial, especially when she was awarded the comp- SEC Conference Special Teams oh Player God. of the Week. You know what? The, okay. the, the hatred was, was bad week. on fire. It's been a bad couple months for that kind of person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've had to wear masks. They, they couldn't and I love Thanksgiving. every fucking second of it. They couldn't go to bars. They can't get them shots. Oh. They can't get their lips wet. They can't get their dicks wet. So you uh, know. let's see. At Brian Ski seventy one replied to the SEC tweet that Sarah Fuller was the special teams player of the week. Makes sense. I mean, my six year old could have kicked the ball farther, but liberal culture and all. Your uh, fucking six year old kicked culture. the ball thirty eight yards. Uh, you for no return. Be, thank you. <laughs> should be fucking uh, signing. Are we talking net yards? Yeah. <laughs> 
And she's going to, the good thing for her is uh, she's going to play this week against Georgia. She's named the starter. Uh, so she'll get at least one more chance to kick if Vanderbilt doesn't score any points. She'll at least do the first half or second half kick. So we'll just see her do it again. <laughs> at Jeff 5.0 said Texas A&M's punter had six punts down to inside the 20. <laughs> Uh, it's not about the. Uh, it's not about the X's and those. Yeah, it's about some, the some things are bigger than sports. You it's know, about it's about the Janes and the and the Susans. Making yeah. making strides is also, sometimes more why important the fuck than you punting six times Texas A and M. So that's my Grinch of the week. My Santa of the week is uh, to Miss Sarah Fuller. Give her a present, baby. Oh, Wrap it up. Put it under that tree. Maybe it's a scholarship. I don't know what we're going to do, but she deserves she deserves something, some Give Christmas spirit. And, uh, <laughs> something in her stocking. I would I would love to know from the from the peanut gallery who are shouting down that they've given this woman special teams player of the week award. Would love to have them tell me who won it last week. Yeah. yeah. Cuz I can tell you I can't tell you. <laughs> I certainly cannot tell you. Yeah, um, those... I don't know that I can name another special teams player other than Will Record in the I SEC. couldn't tell you my own punter's name. No, I can't. Because <laughs> I ain't seen him much. Yeah, he's J.K. Scott's brother, but I don't know his first name. But, yeah, they give out those awards every week. They give out a freshman KJ. of the week, an offensive lineman of the week, a defensive lineman of the week, an yeah. offensive player, defensive player, and a special teams player. How many is that, like seven awards mm-hmm. each week? We are on mm-hmm. week, what, eight or nine of the season? Mm-hmm. That's 63 awards. Come mm-hmm. on. Let's, Tell me they, one. They, spread, it, they me. spread that wealth around so much anyway that – you know, they, they throw Missouri a, a bone at once in a while. They'll put a South Carolina on there. You know, th- it happens. So yeah. let's let's move on. There's I can't probably... believe this is the take we got from Freezer. I'm not going to lie that I'm shocked. I'm shocked and emboldened. This is, a, <laughs> this is an interesting week for us all. I was uh, – <clears throat> um, uh, it, it, you guys are really giving my, my spirit license to soar. I want you to <laughs> – Oh, Lord. All right. Uh, someone take him some Monistat Seven. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I know who Vanderbilt's new kicker's going to be. Heyo, <laughs> Kentucky, Florida. Uh, Florida rolled on Kentucky. Um, Kentucky did not uh, win the Florida State Championship, nor did they win the <laughs> Alabama State Championship. As a Kentucky fan friend of ours, uh, boldly uh, declared multiple times, often drunk during the off season. Um, Georgia South playing Louisville this year, or they wouldn't have won their own Commonwealth championship. (laughs) Um, Tennessee has Florida next week. Is there any hope for, I mean, is this, is this just it for Jeremy Pruitt? I mean, you have Florida and Texas A&M left. They both, they play them both at home. Uh, They should, Jeremy Pruitt needs to come out all, all guns blazing. If he's been saving the plays, he's got any plays. Roll out those plays because it's that hot seat is very hot, Um, and he's got to show some sort of improvement. At least play Florida close. I I don't. I don't know. With the potential to give up fifty back to back weeks, I don't think that's a stretch to like. They might not. Florida might give up twenty four to a Tennessee, but they might score fifty. Yeah, pretty easily. Uh, So I'm trying to think what. Last time that he had like 
I mean, I don't know. This this isn't the worst team that they've had in the last 15, 20 years, but like it's certainly it, not, but it may be worse because they started out decent. They start out two and zero, and they've dropped five in a row. So, oof. it's bad, man. It's bad. Do we believe in A and M? I do not. They are they're a fraud, the <laughs> biggest fraud in all of college football. Like I do fraud. not. I agree. I agree. In a normal year, if LSU is not terrible, they probably lose that game. Yeah, that's funny. I was listening to the the uh, LSU Texas A&M game on the radio on the way back from Tuscaloosa, and at halftime they said Kellen Mond was like five of twenty three passing against yeah. LSU, and that should not happen because everyone's been lighting them up. Yeah, um, A&M has so few chances to sort of impress the college football playoff committee that they've got to be beating teams like forty to seven if they want that four spot. And I don't know. Hasn't happened. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. And they don't have a – I mean, it's hard to get a marquee win in the conference this year, if we're being honest. There's there's, there's two good teams. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to get a big win, and they, they played one of them, and they lost that game pretty convincingly. Um, so, no, I, good for them for not being embarrassing. Uh, good, good for them that it's a crazy world in shambles and they're, they're in the spot that they're in. I just don't believe in them. Yeah, they, they play Auburn at Auburn this next weekend. A losable game. Uh, Auburn's been okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Auburn's been okay at home. Um, so I could see Auburn winning that. Just uh, because mm-hmm, sure. I think uh, Bo Nix plays well at home. And uh, Gus Melzon saves some plays, I think. so. <laughs> he read the tea leaves mm-hmm, and saved some mm-hmm. plays. Um, <clears throat> was the Egg Bowl just boring as shit? Was that the biggest letdown of the season so far? In I that didn't... it did not end in an actual firefight. <laughs> I know think is no problem. one pretended to pee on anything uh-huh. as any kind of animal. Mm-hmm. And there, there weren't any riots or anything like mm-hmm. bench clearing brawls. I didn't get to watch the game. I just saw the final score. I think people thought Ole Miss was going to run away with it. It was a decent football game. And to um, Mississippi State's credit, the last two weeks, they played Georgia close and Ole Miss close. And Mississippi State's been fighting the COVID and been has been uh, had players defect and opt out. So, you know, I, kudos to Mississippi State for not throwing the season away. Yeah. Uh, but I thought Ole Miss was going to destroy them. If not for a couple of bad mistakes, they might win that game. Um, but it was clearly a football game between two bad teams mm-hmm. is ultimately what it was. Um, I mean, it usually is, just not this yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah, it usually is. And, like, you know, the the Kiffin thing is easy to – he scored – you know, they throw for a lot of yards, they do a bunch of crazy shit. But, like, that team's not good. And I don't expect them to get marketably better on the other side of the ball in a way that will be – that will have them be competitive. Um, they're always going to be an issue because they can score a bunch of points on you. But again, the conference is getting to a place where that's not going to matter as much because everybody's going to be able to score a bunch mm-hmm. of points. And if you can't stop somebody, you're not going to win them. Mm-mm. 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 Um, I'm trying to see it the last time that uh, Tennessee had like <clears throat> just a devastatingly horrible defensive season uh, when um, Dooley was there they weren't great they, they were they were one in seven 
Dooley's last two years in That's conference. Because right, they lost to every team. Like in yeah, the they had that long, and that weird they had Owen, Owen 13. 13 losing streak. Yeah. Yes, they did. Um, but they would probably, pad, they would pad those stats by beating UMass close. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Welsh, uh, should we get to it? Should we get to uh, Talking Tide? I think it's time. An Iron Bowl edition to Talking Tide. Um, Freezer, you, you, uh, you put in the mileage. Why don't you kick us off here? Sure. Uh, this was a game where Nick Saban was at home, left the game, uh, game plan and game day decisions up to Steve Sarkeesian, who uh, held everything together. The offense played well. The defense has been playing well. Um, and Alabama got out to a big lead. It was 21-3 at halftime. Um, and just played the, played the game really well. Made few mistakes. Um, team looked really good. It was uh, sort of a tale of two teams. Uh, we all know that Bo Nix has had his struggles on the road. He didn't play particularly well. Um, Alabama had a balanced offense and got up big. So, it's hard for a, an Auburn team, uh, especially with Tank, Tank Bigsby sort of dinged up um, for Auburn to mount a challenge against a, a really good offensive team like that. Um, Hankins, usually when Alabama's only up 21 to three against anybody, there's still some nail biting and, and uh, teeth chattering among people like the three of us. Uh, when it's an iron ball, then it's jacked up to 11 but this kind of felt different at halftime. It absolutely did. Never once was I concerned about this game after it kicked off. And that's insane. That is that an insane never happened coming you, from you. You have heard me beat around. I said on this podcast last week, I don't know, man. It's the Iron Bowl. Auburn's not terrible. It can be, you know, they, things can get weird. Um, but I never they, – they just didn't have a shot. As soon as I saw the defense play, I'm like, oh, this yeah. shit's mm-hmm. crap. Like, even the trick crazy gadgets that they might pull out aren't going to work. And he didn't even bother. Like, yeah. you know, like th- when he kicked that field goal, I think it was at the toward the end of the first half, and they tried to fi- – they kicked a field goal instead of going for it on fourth and manageable. It's like, oh, he don't give a fuck either. Like, he yeah. knows this is an L. This is, this is not – this is uh, – Cecil Hurt had a great column about the other kind of Iron Bowl. And it's the thing we talk about, and, and you know, so I'm not breaking any news here, but, like – there's the Iron Bowl that happens in Jordan-Hare. Yeah. There's the Iron Bowl that happens when Auburn is clearly the superior team. <clears throat> and then there's the other kind of Iron Bowl. And typically, <laughs> if Alabama is the superior team, then it's going to be a fucking destruction. Yeah. Like, it's not going to – now, destruction now doesn't mean – used to, destruction was 23 to 10. Yeah. Like, that was an Alabama ass whipping. Mm-hmm. Um, the game is different now, so it gets to be 42 to 13. Um, but it's the same thing. Like, if the if the witch's cauldron of Jordan Hare is not there to do whatever it does, and the voodoo doesn't take hold, then no, they're going to take that L. However, I was very happy. Like, because again, I have said many times, move them to the East, I'm tired of doing this. Yeah. Um, but there is still something special about kicking the shit out of Auburn. It, it just, it feels so weird because like, maybe it's because you know the past month of Alabama football has been two shutouts we did you left in the fourth quarter Mm -hmm. and that is not something that happens and then a canceled game in between there and then all of a sudden like 
oh shit, we're here. We're in Auburn. It's like when you, you're not checking the mileage on your GPS and it's like, you know, a hundred, like I woke up Saturday morning and I was like, it's, it does not feel like fucking iron ball. No. Like I took a nap and then I was like checking my, <clears throat> checking my, uh, my phone and I was like, okay, well, one I'll, I'll wake up in 45 minutes and I'll, yeah. you know, turn on the TV. Um, but I mean, in when Mac Jones in with like five minutes left in the first quarter, it was the first touchdown of the game. When Mac Jones, uh, it goes to your point, Hankins, where you said uh, once you saw the, uh, that Auburn defense play, it kind of it kind of made Alabama fans feel better because <clears throat> that one pump fake and then to Devontae Jones, I, I don't know. It was a pretty basic punk, uh, pump fake from a very basic game manager, Mac yeah. Jones. Um, and Devontae Smith was alone. Naked. Butt naked, not a tiger in the screen. Um, he, there's something else. Like, th- that's a that's a gap that – I don't know that I've ever seen, even even when it was the the forty nine nothing or the forty nine seven. You know, the year it was just a, an absolute destruction. That year Auburn was down, and we all knew it. Like that, yeah, they yeah. had three wins yeah. that year, something like that. Chizik had already been fired and yeah. replaced with a mannequin. This Auburn team <laughs> isn't that. This is no. not yeah. a terrible team. Mm-mm. They just had no chance of winning this particular game. If I'm comfortable enough to to jaw jack with Freezer, who is on the scene, and sure. laugh and cut up about why won't I hope they score 50 in the first half, yeah. if I'm that comfortable, then yeah, it is no doubt. I text my uncle, we can't beat them by enough points. They, yeah. don't, they haven't made numbers enough that will satisfy <laughs> Put the beat down. <laughs> yeah, I will say it was it was a pretty pleasurable, you know, experience, especially once once it got 14 nothing for me. I was like it's it's definitely uh definitely looking good for Alabama. And then in the third quarter it was I think 28 to 6 and Auburn missed a field goal. Yeah. And I broke out, which does not happen very often, some crotch chops. You know, yes! Ooh, yes! nice. So they missed that field goal. Yes. I was like, now it's now I can enjoy this. This yeah. is the, they're not doing any fake field goals. They can't make a field goal. Mm-mm. The luck is run out. So and, um, and this year also had the thing of it not being the last game of the year. Yeah. Which usually even Usually this game is going to decide something regardless. Either either one or the other is going to go to the SEC championship We've got to play two more or, fucking games. Right. We've got mm-hmm. – as soon as they <laughs> – now, I think that's another part of it. As soon as they announced that the LSU game would happen, the pressure – Oh, that's going to be the Auburn game. Right. The finality of the Iron Bowl went away because we still got to go gear up and do this twice. Let's just enjoy this yeah. because the, the pressure starts next week now. Because now you got to go play that LSU team that's trying to save theirs. It's the LSU's playing the Auburn role, yeah. and they're 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 a bogey team, or you know had been for such a long time. But no, it was still fucking great just to see those shots in the crowd of Auburn fans who COVID to go to the game and just had to sit there and suck shit. I mean, they knew it, but that's- to have it realized, and and for Alabama to leave. 14, 21 yeah. points on the field, mm. knowing that, like, if Brian Robinson doesn't fumble after the interception, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's another touchdown. <clears throat> you know, there's a couple plays here or there that could have easily gone the other way. And when they when Auburn dropped the touchdown in mm-hmm. the first half, that was truly the nail in the coffin. Like, oh, even – they don't even need witch magic because their regular stuff isn't working. Uh, this is a fucking wrap. Uh, Krill, you know, you're talking about the <clears throat> the field goal that Auburn missed. The the drive right before that was that Mac Jones to Devontae Smith pass that 
<laughs> it was, I think Devontae caught it at like the, you know, the four, the 45 or something mm-hmm. like that. And then just, just sprinted past mm-hmm. three Auburn uh, uh, players in the secondary. That's a fast guy. And that guy's going to make a lot of money and made the absolute like correct decision not to come out yeah. and be, be blinded by, uh, or be uh, covered up by Henry Ruggs or it's, Jerry. It's, I mean, a, it's like a, it's a big dollar uh, decision. That he, yeah. Yeah. It's a big tip of the hat to Steve Sarkeesian and the Alabama offense to once uh, Jalen Waddle went down, it's like, all right, Devonte Smith is, he is the playmaker. And every week they are making uh mismatches for him getting him the ball, getting him wide open. Um, because you know, he's, he's, he is like the number one target and somehow they keep finding him and putting him in positions he's, for him to score touchdowns. He's not even our number one wide receiver and he is, and he is somehow like, I mean, rightfully so the, the, mm-hmm. our, the biggest target on the field and we're still finding ways to get the ball to him. Um, we're incorporating our, I guess, fourth string running backs up, uh, not running backs, wide receivers, Billingsley. Yeah. Um, he, he caught a couple more passes. Touchdowns and in, in <clears throat> back-to-back games for a guy that I didn't know existed two weeks ago. So let me ask you this, and this is, um, this, this is an earnest question. Ernest, ernest goes to jail? From my, from, my, from my uncle, Ernest Question. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, this is from ErnestQuestion.com. So Steve Sarkeesian is a master play caller. Yes. Can 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 we agree on yeah, that? Yes, yeah. yes. I, I I don't I don't pretend to know football well enough to to just look and tell you that. But Gary Danielson started that a couple talking about one of the plays in I can't remember which game it was. Maybe the Georgia it was the Georgia game. Danielson goes on about the the beauty of how this play works, and so yeah. I've been paying more attention to it since then. But the the big giveaway is when Matt Jones throws a deep ball. I expect it to be a touchdown, and more often than not, it is. And as soon as he hits one of those routes, Jones doesn't go down the field to celebrate with his wide out. He no. looks over at his offensive coordinator, and and that's because like it's it because you said it. There's not a defender on the field when no. Devonte Smith catches a ball. In yeah. many cases, there's no one in the screen but him. Like there are, and even in his world, there, there are, there are sometimes like tackling dummies on rickety wheels made out of wood, yeah, pixie sticks, but like, it's not, uh, they're a non-factor. So what I'm kind of getting to is obviously Sarkeesian had his problems at USC. Uh, was he fired from Washington for drinking? No, he, 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 he left, left Washington, Washington for, for the USC job. Um, and, you know, entered... Uh, he was our offensive coordinator before leaving randomly. Or no, that was that was Lane Kiffin. Sorry, mm-hmm. um, he was our offensive coordinator uh, losing to to Clemson though. Right for one game, mm-hmm. and then Sark went to Atlanta. So with with all of these offensive coordinators, you know, when when we were talking about Nick Saban not playing the not not coaching game that he had COVID uh, the false about a month ago, then of course this game. Why is it why is it sometimes more necessary to have a Steve Sarkeesian on the sideline than it is a Nick Saban? Hmm, it's a good point. I think they interact more with the players on a daily basis. Uh get that FaceTime with the quarterbacks and the receivers that uh you know Saban just his forte is the defense, you know, defensive backs especially. So 
Um, I think having that continuity in the offense, the offense is definitely what makes the Alabama team so dangerous. I think him having uh, that day-to-day interaction and just knowing the offense backwards and forwards, it's important to have him on the field uh, just to, he seems to have some sort of connection with everybody. I think his development of Mac Jones has been amazing. Everyone knew, knew Tua was great last year. Um, but to have this success with Mac Jones, I think, tells a really good story for Sarkeesian. And I hope that nobody steals him. Coaching, uh, waiting. This coaching character. Coach coach waiting. Coach waiting. Waiting. He's mine. He's he my coach to, in waiting. They need to make a commitment to him, either, you know, throw him another million dollars or something, because if I'm South Carolina or Michigan or Texas, Damn right. I, I got to take two looks at this guy. And if I'm Sark, though, well, A, Saban's, Saban's Saturday is his off day. Mm-hmm. Like, his work is done through the week. He is clearly, when it comes to the play calling, a delegator. Yeah, he's going to have final decision. And I think Danielson mentioned on the broadcast that Sark had said, it's going to be great not to have coach in my ear mm-hmm. all day saying we're doing that, you know. But, like, you know, Saban is there to make decisions and and be the final say-so. But, no, the offense, he leaves up to the offense. And the defense, it, it would appear to me he leaves the defense up to the defensive coordinator uh, a great deal. I think Golden talked about, like, Saban telling him constantly, oh, we can't be playing this much man-to-man, like those things. But, like, he's not calling plays. He's off. That, he's off. He's not the – So, the I guess, I don't, I, guess I don't understand what coaches do, what their head coaches do, than recruit. Manage the timeouts and like every, every, go for it on every, fourth every, and every one. Every coach is different. Every, sure. every, it is. You know, it is. And I think Saban probably used to be different. Like, yeah. I would imagine he was much more hands-on with defense in his LSU days and, and perhaps early in his Alabama run. But I would imagine – once you have a Kirby Smart who you are trusting that he understands the uh, the tenets of your defense, you let him go do his stuff. And Saban lets his players go do their stuff. Like, he's he's not a micromanager, it would appear to me, in on game day. But I think because it's trust the process, trust the process, the process, the process, he's so active during the week yeah. that he doesn't – like, if it didn't happen during the week, there ain't shit he can do. Yeah during the game other than have the guts to call the fucking onside kick versus Clemson, have the that's, guts to say, yeah. bring into it in the second half. Like that's why you pay him $6 million a year to make that decision. And it'd be right. It, rem- it, it reminds me of like working on a, like a political campaign, but like election day is the easiest fucking day in the world mm-hmm. for the guy. Like it's done. Yeah. You, you did all your to, work. You just have yeah. to wait until close. Like, yeah. I'm not, you know, you did the work during the week, so you're not scrambling. Um, whereas a Kiffin might have not, you know, he's he would have forgot to vote, Kiffin, right? Yeah. He forgot to vote. And Lane's <laughs> got to call plays, and he's got to. Yeah. So no, Saban's not doing that. But for Sarkeesian, I don't know what the man wants. I won't pretend to know. But I'll say this: when he leaves Alabama, trouble happens. Like it's <laughs> not nearly as sweet as it is when he's at Alabama. <clears throat> I have I have two fun facts and a. Uh a question about Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, Sarkeesian, uh, hey, same birthday. Born uh, exactly nine years before I was, March 8th, 1974. Wow, okay. What are the odds? One in 365. Yeah, not good. Um, he, also, he also played for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders from 97 to 99. So it was Steve Sarkeesian for the Sasquatch. What? Say that three times fast. Him, 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 him. 
<laughs> Say that three times fast. Um, and then the question, he is, he's 46. So uh, where does that, in, 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 in the two Matt's plan that he is going to be our, our coach in waiting, where does that, and in fact, even Saturday down south says Sarkeesian should be the tide secession plan. Yeah. Woo, I, I don't. Um, I, 46. Can he afford, let's say Saban stays four more years. Yeah. Can he afford to wait till he's 50? I think that's that's uh, a hard question because I think Nick Saban still got that itch to coach. Um, every sort of article you read about him this Saturday when he was sitting at home, like it was almost driving him insane that he was not there. Uh, I don't know how much longer he wants to. Um, he's recruiting like never before. The team is operating like never before, uh, setting records, uh, putting people in the NFL. It's clearly working. I don't know what drives him and how much longer he wants to last. Um, I don't think anybody at Alabama is going to pull the plug on him. It's him. He's going to have to make that decision. So I just don't know if Steve Sarkeesian can wait 10 years because Saban could run that long. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it, it, it could be, it could be two years. It could be four. It could be eight. Yeah. If I'm Sarkeesian, I think the right move is, um, is to probably gamble on himself um, because of that timetable. I think yeah. four, 46, and like because they're nice round numbers, but he's 46 now and right. four years be 50. Four years feels like a reasonable time frame to think about Saban maybe thinking about shutting it down, depending. But that seems like a reasonable time frame at four more years of this. One more class, say. Um, if I'm Sark and – South Carolina comes knocking. I'm going to listen because my attitude would be I can get South Carolina rocking and rolling in four years. And then when Nick leaves, they'll come get me. Yeah. Like going off and doing good prove it. does not mm -hmm. keep him from getting the Alabama job. That's true. That's actually, that's actually the answer. I think mm -hmm. I just, I just checked the answer book. That's the answer. <laughs> um, it, it, it's kind of like how my dad thought that Auburn hid Gus Malzahn at Arkansas state for two years because sanctions were coming down. It's not crazy. I mean, it's not crazy. <laughs> like get out of here. Skedaddle Gus. Hey man, just, just cool it till the heat dies down. You see? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I think if, if it, I would take the right job, if I'm Sark, I don't think I'd take a Michigan job because I don't know if you can leave Michigan for Alabama. He's so fucking sweet. He's so fucking sweet. But you can leave South Carolina. You could leave a Tennessee. It would suck for the Tennessee fans, but fuck them. Um, but you could, that level job, you could leave. Um, I don't know where Sark wants to be re I, geographically yeah like he's a west coast guy um i don't know i'm a west coast i don't know guy. if that works for him i don't know if his experience at usc was so bad that maybe he's comfortable here he's been at alabama atlanta and back to alabama um so he's been in the south at least as far as where he's been working i don't you know um but clearly if you think you've got a shot at the alabama job <laughs> That's certainly something you're going to want to look at. And reading the tea leaves, let's say it's four years. Who the fuck's out there to take the Alabama job in four years? Jim Harbaugh. I think Dabo would probably get a 
Damn he'd it, be Bruiser. on the list. I was just hoping we he would be, be on the list. Oh, you're, there's no doubt. He's on the list. They he is the, list. the Brinks truck. He is the list right now. Dabo yeah. is the list. Yeah, um, but I think Sark's performance, uh, you know, of course, beating Auburn is God great. God damn it. God, now I'm fantasizing. You know, he's 1-0 and as the Alabama coach. You guys got to calm down about now Sark, I'm man. Fantasizing he's a big, Freezer. big old drunk asshole before, before last Saturday. Yeah, and Saturday. this podcast has done very well having one of them leading us. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think I just don't know if going to South Carolina really improves his freezer. Freezer, his stay odds. with me, buddy. Think about it, freezer. The South he Carolina goes, thing is the only thing that makes sense. He goes to South Carolina and he beats Dabo fucking three out of four uh, years. That'd be pretty good. Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm so excited. Am I wet? <laughs> I know I am. <laughs> Use that monostat seven, baby. Well, this has been uh, episode 184 of Throw the Flag. We've got a couple new, more weeks to go and uh, some unanswered questions that will probably uh, lead to nowhere uh, next week as well. So, hey, guys, if you like what you're listening to, go to ttfnetwork.com. And uh, you know what? Also, tell your friends. Why, Creel? We thrive on word of mouth. Gosh darn right we do. Uh, all right, all right, boys. Let's uh, go ahead and end this uh, end this episode like we end every single episode and have since uh, episode one. Uh, you ready, boys? <laughs> one, two, three. Oh, oh smell. smell! Yeah, yeah. Surprise, surprise. So you rub your eyes. Never knew you the yes. So cool as eyes. Hit a fight, then there was still. Ducks categorizes as hard cries. That's a lie, we know why we're occupiers. The birds would obscure style and these are higher. Profiles are low as soon as we go. As a priest straight from a deeper shade of soul. Deeper shade of soul. From you.